Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. I remember another story I had was when I was living in a house in Pennington, New Jersey. And then I, like four of us, four or five of us were there. And then we decided to break up, not because we didn't like each other. It's just, so this guy got a girlfriend, this guy needed to move somewhere else for work, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So for three months, I moved home. So I didn't rent a storage space. So I put it in like majority of my stuff in this one room. I call it our piano room. I never know if it's the living room or family room. Anymore. I can never get that yeah. right. Yeah, I think I, it's the family room. Probably. <laughs> I always get it wrong. Dad always. I've been, the house has been in my life for 30 years. I get the name of that room wrong. 33 and I can't get it. So, so. Uh, <laughs> I put my stuff in that room. And then the argument was that night was... I was causing an argument between mom and dad and mom and dad are taking out on Monique, which I think their argument was, it was nothing. It was like, an, it, like I say argument, it was a disagreement between yeah. two functioning adults. And then Monique took it as like, because their tone between the two of them was maybe up. Yeah. She took it as they're yelling at Monique because Rick moved his stuff into our house when we don't have the room, but I put it into a room that we don't use. Yeah, you literally so, never use that room. No. <laughs> no. So those arguments would happen, and then Monique would start drinking. It wasn't even an argument. Like that. Was, like a lot of times, it would be Monique would be upset with me because she thought something else was affecting her. She would come at me. I was the target of that one chat. Sometimes yeah. it'd be my father. Sometimes it'd be my mother. Probably sometimes it would be her friends. I don't know that. I'm uh, just talk, talking about her family be like that. And then she would go off. So yeah. going back to the original questions, it goes back to the ends of needles. I was okay with talking with her sober. It was just, I, I was expecting when the next, you know, typhoon was going to come. Yeah. You didn't want to like rock the boat and start yeah. something else. Yeah. yeah. It, it was always me trying to tiptoe my way around, be like, okay, I'm in the clear. That was it. It was like, walking through a minefield like i was in the clear i missed i missed this minefield of like her mac and cheese was good not great her, so, <laughs> i don't i don't know something no, know. something it's ridiculous like, something like so that tiny. Yeah. yeah i i mean i was afraid to talk to her but i wouldn't say i didn't like talking to her cuz i mean think about during those 10 years i would say over 50% of them were not coherent conversations so they weren't necessarily coherent and even when she was sober, because I had to do the tiptoeing, it was like I, I couldn't, I couldn't express myself, because me expressing myself might be one of those triggers. Did that make you angry or anything? Like, what did you? You kind of just got numb to it after a while, right? Anger, uh, yeah. Sometimes there would be anger. I'd say mostly frustration, because I felt helpless. Yeah. Like there's nothing that I could do, that could help. Like me being able to help her, it was impossible. 
So the numbness came in when I was like, okay, I can't do anything. Maybe the stand rehab is going to do something. And one time it worked kind of well. Yeah. The other few times it never really worked. Mm -hmm. So not to say that going to rehab is bad. I think people do actually succeed in rehab. Oh, yeah. She did yeah, we just, Which, I mean, she found her way, but, like, she yeah. did, it didn't work for her, so. The last two, like, the Florida one and the one right around Mom's you death. Have to, you have they, to watch. They did yeah. pretty well. One around Mom's death. I mean, you came back in the middle of your rehab because she was on uh, hospice. Mm -hmm. And I had to fight my way back. Yeah, you had to, I guess. I, I don't oh, I had to have a war with the insurance company, like, that whole week about me going back because... They would allow like 24 or 48 hours, but that just was impossible with when she passed and when the funeral was. Yeah. Um, so I had to have like a war all week long. So the last two times worked somewhat well. Yeah. No, they weren't perfect, but I had better success after those two than I did previous. Previous, it was within a week or so I was. Is there a reason why? Length of time. That's the truth. Like the other rehabs. How long was the second one? Like the one during mom's funeral? So I was there for two and a half weeks before. And then I was home for a week sober. And then it was two and a half weeks after. And that was a longer one? Than the other ones. The other ones I was at like a week or two weeks. True. Okay. And like total. Yeah. And then like, you know, Florida, it was six months total where well, like six weeks in Florida. Rehab. I'm assuming you were living in the halfway house. You were getting tested a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, you had that thing there that was. Right. And then, like, I came home from that, and I didn't drink for five months, four months. So that time I got 10 months total. Mm -hmm. But, like, late October I broke. So, and then at that point I was getting really good at 10, 11 months. <laughs> yeah. I did that a couple times towards the end. Okay. But what was the original question? Like, were you feeling like angry? Like, oh, anger? Uh, yeah, no, it was it was, it was more frustration. Yeah. There would be times of anger. There'd be times of sadness. I would say the most prominent was frustration because everything that I tried, whether it be like trying to have actual conversation, there were two times that actually when when you were living here alone, I slept over for I don't exactly remember the reasons, but I did. Mm -hmm. probably to try to keep it away from you probably and then giving her a little bit hoping that would be enough so i researching what i could do like every, everything that I, I was trying to do just never worked so you just like kind of threw up your hands after a while and you're like i can't yeah yeah it, it was there was a little bit i of i give up because I felt like I couldn't do anything. And because most of the conversations we were having were not coherent because she was drunk, yeah. I'll put it at 50-50, about half. But even when the sober conversations were happening, nothing I felt was very believable at the time. So That's fair to say. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, when you're in active addiction, it, it shrinks your brain, mm -hmm. right? So, like, it takes, like, up to a year to two years for your brain to actually get back to normal yeah it does um it's kind of crazy i think about like one year you're pretty much there yeah and like even like your memories like after a year like there's stuff that i definitely didn't remember and there's stuff i still don't remember by any means but like there was stuff that i started to remember after a year yeah 
I mean, it's like it's weird because like I want to tell you these like these stories of like things that you did, but at the same time, I find it very unnecessary to tell you these stories. I mean, for this, and I, it might come back in later conversations, but I, I fear me telling you like telling you these stories like outside this podcast because we're doing this for a reason, yes. but like outside the podcast would be like me trying to get back at you, you know? I get that. In a way, childish being like, well, you did this to me mm-hmm. type yeah. thing. And I and I don't want to do that because mm-hmm. you've, you've gotten way 180. Like you, you did 100, like 180 turn on mm-hmm. what you were doing, Yeah, which is great. And I love you for that. <laughs> but it's like, I don't want to like, it's not like me bottling up stories because mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm bottling it up. It's just more like, I find it unnecessary. Like if, if it ever comes up in conversation, like I'll probably tell you it now. Right. I wouldn't have told you that your first year sober. I mean, that would have been not smart. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm definitely more comfortable talking about it now. Mm-hmm. But. but yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, like, because it, it's nice to know that you don't want to, like, punish me with these things. Like, you know, like. But what, what would it do? Exactly. Yeah. But, like, I'm glad you forgive me for them. Yeah, (laughs) it's not that even, like, I have to forgive you. It's just, it's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of of like, you know, the typical, the wife, like, says, oh, remember when you did that 10 years ago? Like, stuff like that. And and it's like, okay, but we worked through that. And, like, why? It's it's not like when we were kids, she's going to hold over the time I threw her finger bike against the wall and broke the handlebar. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like that's like being held over my head, right? Like, yeah, like, yeah, I feel bad. I did that, but like, I'm not expecting her to be like, "Well, you did that to me so many years ago." Yeah, like everyone's human. Everyone makes mistakes, and you gotta just like forgive and and forget a lot of times, right? Yeah, Yeah. that's the best thing. I I would say I don't forget. Yeah, not and again, not to be like punish you, but like in case I mean I don't know in case I ever have to deal with it again because I mean. It is genetics. Yeah. Like, 100%, because, I mean, many family members on both sides were heavy drinkers. Right. And at times, I can be a heavy drinker, too. Like, I, I, I still drink, but, like, I, I have it where I have a beer, and as, as soon as I finish that beer, I want another beer. Not to punish myself, just, like, I like the flavor. Like, <laughs> yeah, you like all but, this. But there are, there are nights, I mean, I, I definitely pace myself, but, like, there are nights where not often... Again, kind of like your weekend warrior type thing, but like it's not every weekend for me. Like there'd be times where it's like, okay, I'm going to have a few beers. Okay. It's a Saturday. I'm eight beers in. Yeah. And that happens. So I do have that tendency myself. Yeah. But I think I just have the self-control of like where I don't need it every day and I don't need to drink that much. But there are times where, I mean, it, I generally don't do that unless I know I have like I have time off and I don't have to do anything. Right. Yeah. That'd be the time I would do it. You're kind of doing it just for pleasure, but I'm doing it for pleasure, but I do like I do have like a mental note probably because of my sister being like don't Oh, okay. Well, like it's not that drinking too much. It's like, okay, I'm liking this flavor and I'm liking the way I'm feeling. Yeah. And I know I'm doing this thing, mm-hmm. but like like I'm thinking like am I turning not to the extreme, but like, am I turning towards what she was doing? I mean, I'm not, but like, I have that thought. Well, that's good. That's yeah, that's good it because keeps you it in keeps control. you out. Yeah, yeah. 
you're like, I don't yeah. want to get to that point. So that's yeah. that's a really good thing to, yeah. to have. No, it is. I mean, because unfortunately, your sister, I'm like the freaking Pringles commercial. Once I pop, I can't stop. Yeah, well, I have the, that problem with Pringles, too. Well, <laughs> yeah. but I'm saying with liquor. Who doesn't? <laughs> like, if I get liquor and, like, if I have one sip, even if I tell them, like, I was infamous for being like, I'm going to have one drink tonight. An hour later, I'm already 10 drinks in. Like, Yeah, I'm, I'm never, like, 10 drinks in an hour. Like, when I said, like, eight beers, that's spread. Like, I'm not yeah. that. But then also, she was, like, vodka. Yeah. yeah that's, like, that's during, during her worst points. Mm-hmm. So, yep, there's the smear What? Yeah, what's the next question? We're kind of off topic. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, oh, no, it's I mean, fine. So. Um, I guess, like, how do you think me getting sober has affected your life? I, I mean, I, f- I feel like we, we kind of just went over that. Yeah, it's a little like bit. It's, I mean, I, I'm not constantly worried about you. Like, the thought of, uh-oh, like, Monique is going to the fair in August. Is something going to happen on a ride that's going to trigger her? Like, I don't have that thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, I, I trust Josh because I 100% put it on him. He he got you off. Yeah, it's fair to put nothing, it Nothing myself or my family were doing because I think I think at a certain, after like 10 years, it became numb to you too. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. like everything yeah, that but, we, we tried. But it was, it was also because you all could drink and I couldn't. Yeah, I felt like the odd man out, and I felt lonely because of that. <sighs> yeah, and, and, and I felt and very that's like us. I felt very like this is unfair. Yeah. Whereas, like with Josh, I had the support of him also being sober, so like I had a partner. Yeah, and also and, we, we made a, a commitment. I yeah. was like, if I'm gonna stay here and we're gonna like build a life together, mm-hmm. like I want to get sober, I need to get sober, yeah. and if I'm gonna stay here, you have to be sober too. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of just made that agreement, and mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. Like, we just... But, like, it made it so much easier for me because I had someone else who was sober, too. Yeah. Like, that was something... I felt very just unfair in the house. Like, everybody else could have drinks, and everybody's yelling at me. Like, and... Yeah, no, that, that... But, but I mean, yeah, and then and then you moved out with... Mm-hmm. My ex. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't really changing there either. Right. Yeah. So, no, I completely get it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that was part of my problem because I was being told by people who were allowed to drink that I wasn't allowed to drink. Mm -hmm. But then when Josh was like, I'm not going to drink and you can't drink, that made, like, that clicked for me. Yeah. Like, that was, okay, Mm -hmm. you're not going to do it in front of me. I'm not going to feel like a weirdo Mm -hmm. with you. I can do that. Like, that made sense to me. That made a big difference for me, you know? And so, like, it wasn't against you or mom or dad or anything. It was just, like, it seemed so unfair that, like, everybody else... And at that time, it felt like everybody in the world could drink but me, even though that wasn't true at all. I mean, so many people in the world have this problem. Right, but, I mean, you saw, like, your family was still drinking. Right. And, and then and a, most probably of my most friends. your friends. Yeah. And, yeah. No, I, I get that. So yeah, it just felt like weird about it. So I just, that's why you started to hide it more. Yeah, that was a big part of why I hid it because I just felt so black sheep, like odd man out. Like, mm-hmm. and again, that was a big lonely trigger yeah. because everybody else could do it, but Monique. So yeah, no fair. That, that's hundred percent fair. Yeah, and and honestly, like if Monique wasn't on board for it, I would probably still be drinking. I would have probably well, we probably we probably wouldn't have made it this far. <laughs> Anyway, I, I don't like, think I well, would. Well, do you consider yourself to be an alcoholic? Yeah. 
I mean, like the same thing. Like once I start drinking, I can't stop. Yeah. Like for real, like like you're talking about like drinking ten beers or something an hour. Like I do that all the time. Like I drink a beer in like literally ten seconds. Yeah. And then you know my friends had like one sip. I'm like ready for another beer, and they're like, "What is wrong with you? Yeah. Like you have a problem because, yeah, I I would go through like twenty to forty drinks in a day. And like, uh, okay. like, qu- right. like quick. Yeah, because I, I never, yeah. I never knew you during that time. Yeah, so, yeah. like, you call yourself an alcoholic, but I've never really heard that. Yeah. So, okay. I'm the same way. Like, if I have one, like, I, I want to keep yeah. the party going or mm-hmm. whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. What was the original question? Uh, just <laughs> we, we've we've gone off. Like, I mean, we're on topic, but off the question. That's okay. I mean, like, we do that a lot on the podcast anyway. But it was how me being sober has affected your life in general. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't worry as much. Mm-hmm. Right right at this moment, I'm probably more worried about your baby than you, <laughs> to be honest. Same. Well, that's so, fair. So, but I don't think that would necessarily be the case if you were still drinking. Oh, God. Like, I mean, well, I'm not saying you, you might have. I mean, hopefully we'll never have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. But you might have gone stone cold sober while pregnant if you were still in your drinking phase. Yeah. But well, like we don't know that now, yeah. and hope hopefully we'll never know that. Right. So, but like, it's it's funny you say that because I don't think I could have done it. As I always told myself, if I ever ended up pregnant, I would do that. But until like I was over a year sober. I don't know if I could have handled the hormonal issues, you, you, like yeah. the different triggers from pregnancy I, alone. I don't think I could have totally handled it. That was like a, a point that I would bring up when you were drunk. And you you would say that to me mm-hmm. and I didn't believe you. Yeah. So, I, and, I, I mean, it's, I, I guess it's nice to hear that you kind of had the same thought. Like, at least now you, you do. Yeah. Like during that time, like I, I was like, <sighs> I mean, she's drinking that baby's either dead or gonna have problems mm-hmm. so yeah no but, and like that would have been my worst nightmare that i did that to my baby like i would have felt yeah, I, like the worst I, human on the planet you probably would have been dead yeah but like i'm not constantly worried about you now there'd be times when you were drunk and like i would get a phone call it's like okay how long is this phone call of encoding hairness is going to happen mm-hmm. if i get a phone call from you now it's like okay what does she want <laughs> like I like not not a bad way. It's just like all right, she's probably calling me for a reason, mm-hmm. and I'm not expecting the drunk phone call ever again. Right. If I do, that's gonna really suck. Yeah. But like stuff like that, like getting a phone call or a text from you, I'm not gonna worry about. I haven't really, at least in the last year and a half, two years, worried about anything going wrong. Like you're nicer to be around. I don't worry as much. Like, there's still the thought in the back of my head. Yeah. And I'll probably always be there. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not prominent like it used to be. Okay. Like, when I first learned that you were drunk. Yeah. Or not drunk, drinking. Mm-hmm. So, I think that is my mindset now. Okay. I don't worry often. I, I have other things to worry about now. Yeah. So. Your own life. Yeah. So, that's nice. Yeah. Glad I'm not the top of the list anymore. Yeah. I mean, that that's more part, probably the top of my list. Just <laughs> just same. Just because I want to see her. See her. Yeah, well, of course. I do, too. Yeah. So, like that, I probably worry about how your, 
how the birth is going to go mm -hmm. right at the moment. Because, yeah. I mean, whenever this is going to come out, probably in the next couple of days, you're going to be a month away. Yeah. It's not like a bother in my life anymore, which is a way, way, way better than what it was. So. That's great. Well, that's yeah, it takes hear. a lot of stress off you. Yeah. Sure. yeah. I'm definitely glad. Is there anything else you wanted to share about, like, your feelings during the 10 years or, like, you know, anything like that, that, like, uh, you think another viewer could be affected in the same way? I, I think it's all pretty much out there. I think the, I mean, to be honest, I think the only thing that still hurts a little bit, I've gotten better over the years, but still kind of hurts a little bit is, and this is not, I mean, this isn't exactly what your question is, but it's kind of honest because not many people go through this, but like during like the last few years, since mom was constantly worrying about you, she worried about me less. Mm -hmm. So mom didn't want to hear my problems. So there'd be times where it was harder to talk to my mother. And then I never got that once you got sober mm -hmm. to get that back. Yeah. So that kind of hurts because there, there were multiple times where, I would try to go to our mom for advice and she'd be like, Rick, I'm dealing with Monique. I can't deal with this right now. Mm -hmm. There'd be multiple times of that. And that sucks. Now I can't get that back. So that sucks that part, but I, I can't blame you. It's just how life handed us something. Yeah. That's like the only thing that I'll think about truly every once in a while is like what my mom would have said or our mom. I'm sorry. Okay. would have said during these moments or like even now because i kind of lost that towards the end of her life yeah i feel like that's ending it on a downer i'm sorry it's okay but uh, that's that's like kind of like the of prominent things when it came to your drinking that still sit with me mm -hmm. i think that sits with me the most and it's not your fault it's just what has, ha has happened so that's really like the only thing i mean for people with family members or friends that like go through this for me, it just never, I don't know if I have like the best advice. Cause you're, you're going to get angry. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get sad. And I've like, I've read books on how to try to talk with people with alcohol problems. For me, none of that ever worked with you. Yeah. I don't know if you're an anomaly <laughs> to like, to, to be honest, when you do have those moments with those people and there is some clarity, like you got to cherish that because it won't always last. I mean, I don't know like if people can constantly drink for seven days a week, like you couldn't mm -hmm. thankfully, but like in the, in those split times where you couldn't mm -hmm. and I was able to have somewhat conversation <laughs> with you, it was good. But there'd be times where I had those conversations and it would feel meaningless so the ones that were good conversations, like you have to cherish those because, I mean, you never know what's going to happen. I, I mean, there were a hundred percent times where it's like, okay, like Monique is close to death. There are times where you were getting scans. One time you had a tube down your throat for breathing while in, in, in the hospital. Like there are all these little things that happen not little, big things mm -hmm. that happen and be like, okay, this might be the end. And I would never want it to end like that. And I'm happy it hasn't ended like that. Mm -hmm. 
So, I mean, just cherish those moments when you can during those rough years, because I mean, it's good in a way there is good in it because it made me a more responsible, stern person with certain aspects of my life, mm-hmm. like seeing what you had to go through. Yeah. None of it besides those like few moments of clarity was ever fun. I don't wish that on my worst enemy, but I'm glad it's over. And I'm glad I have those memories to lean back on for if I ever have to go through it again, like, and see if I can improve myself, what I can do different to try to help that person. I mean, hopefully it's not in our family. I mean, it's in our genetics and there's nothing really we can do about that. We just got to be aware of it. Right. And pass down these stories. Mm Mm-hmm. But be honest about it. Yeah. So that way, like, yeah, be honest. Like you, like, especially like, like, I hope other people, not just in your family, like your Mm -hmm. friends, hopefully your friends are honest with you Mm -hmm. because it's better to do that. Cause that was, I would say that that was probably our base flaw was we were not being honest with our other friends and family. Mm -hmm. So yeah, until it kind of blew up in our face. Yeah. So that, I think that was our biggest mistake when it came to, dealing with your uh, alcoholism. Yeah, because like I said, it gave me an excuse to hide longer. Yeah. And not start to realize, like, that was part of it. Like, I was being told to hide it, so then I was hiding it more, and it was just like this never-ending circle of hidden. Yeah. You know, and that's why I try nowadays to just be so bluntly honest about, like, where I am and what's going on, and maybe sometimes I share a little too much. But I'd rather do that and stay on the right path than fall yeah. off. Yeah. So. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. yeah. I think we're good, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. See you next time, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives2aa2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m. You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.